the Kelly Gramlich Show on 105.5 The Roar. Let's take it from the top. Clemson finished the season in basketball ranked higher than Kentucky. What a time. But I love seeing people achieving their dreams, okay? And just because he was so excited to achieve his dream, he brought a life-size picture of Grandma <laughs> up on the stage. This idea, the comparison with Deshaun and Lamar Jackson, has Deshaun Watson kind of paved the way and created more confidence for NFL GMs in a guy like Lamar Jackson, even though I still believe they're very different quarterbacks? We'll see. He has a mullet. That's the most American thing in the world. First of all, what? You should never tweet these sentences. Good grief. But anyway, I sound like such an old lady. You made it into one shining moment. That, that's a big deal, okay? That's, that's, that's the dream. All righty, and we are live. And now, Kelly Gramlich. Welcome into the Kelly Gramlich Show on this wonderful Saturday morning. Can't wait to dive into some college football with you this morning and get to our feature interview of the day, Eric McLean. You're not going to want to miss that interview. We talk about so much, so much. And I know Mac has been on this station before. He's been on this station a couple of times. I ask him questions that he's never been asked. Let me just put it that way. So we'll talk with Mac in our next segment. Can't wait for that. Former All-ACC Clemson football player, played in the program for five years. He has some stories. Can't wait to talk to Eric McLean. Before we dive into some college football, the Kelly Gramlich Show, as it is every week, is presented by Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep knows the best way to get a good night's sleep is to have a bed that is made specifically for you. They can customize a mattress to your specific needs right here in the upstate at their warehouse in Greenville. They've thrived during their time in the upstate for two main reasons, trust and quality. Visit their website, engineeredsleep.com, to learn more about their process, see their many deals on mattresses. Give them a call, 864-244-0898, to talk with a personal shopper. That will help you figure out which type of mattress you need. They make their beds in-house. I've seen the operation at their warehouse. It is incredible. All the cutting, sewing, packaging, and shipping is done right here in the upstate. And here's a great deal for our listeners. If you visit Engineered Sleep and mention my name, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, you'll receive 10% off your purchase of any Engineered Sleep mattress. Again, that's Engineered Sleep. Give them a call, 864-244-0898, or visit them today, 627 Congaree Road in Greenville. They're open on Saturdays, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. So today we have a college football-centric show for you guys out there. We're going to talk non-conference matchups. There are so many exciting non-conference matchups to look forward to in college football in the first three weeks of the season. Before we get to that, please, please, please check out the podcast, the Kelly Gramlich Show podcast on WCCPFM.com. You can go to the top. There's a little tab that says Shows. Scroll down, click the Kelly Gramlich Show, and you can find all the podcasts there from our six... um, from our five previous shows, this is the sixth show. We've had guests like Gabe DeVoe, Doc Redman, um, Connor Shaw, Eric McLean, coming up today, Andrew Cox, um, so many great guests, Bradley Pinion, partner with the 49ers. Go check that out. And, of course, on iTunes, search WCCP. You can also find us on Twitter at 105.5 The Roar. You can find me on there, at Kelly Gramlich. You can also give us a call today, 654-7627, on the Northland Communication phone lines. Or text us on the Healthier text line, 986-1566. We have a poll up on my Twitter, at Kelly Gramlich, and this poll, I think, will really fuel our conversation today. The poll question for today, for today's KG show is, 
which of these upcoming non-conference college football games are you most excited to watch? I give you four options in the poll. We're going to break down all of these non-conference games in the first three weeks of the season throughout the show. But I give you four options, and you might notice that Clemson is not in there. I didn't want to put Clemson just because I think that one would win in this market. So, of course, we're all very excited to watch Clemson go play at Texas A&M. Can't wait for that. Already have my flights booked. But let's just focus on four other matchups for this poll. So your four options are Washington versus Auburn, which will take place on the first Saturday of week one in Atlanta. Southern Cal at Texas. That's a week three game, a Saturday game, um, an 8 p.m. game on Saturday, September 15th. Miami versus LSU. That is a Sunday game in week one, Sunday, September 2nd um, at 7.30 p.m. in Arlington in Dallas. And then also Ohio State versus TCU. That is also a week three game, Saturday, 8 p.m. in Arlington in Jerry World in Dallas. So go vote on that. Some great matchups to discuss. Let's really break down this first three weeks of of college football when it comes to non-conference games. There are so many games, over 30 games I wrote down that are at least of some significance. So the way we're going to talk about this today, I've rated these games. I have a rating scale. Three, if it gets a grade of a three, epic matchup. All eyes in college football will be on that game. That game deserves a three. If I give it a two, it's a solid matchup. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Most college football fans will tune in. It's going to be good. If I give it a one, it's not really on my radar. It's not a great game. It's a non-conference game. It might put together you know, two decent programs, but it's really not worth your time. So let's start in week one. On that first Friday of college football, of course, in week one we have games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday when Florida State and Virginia Tech will play. But, of course, that's a conference matchup, so we won't discuss that one today. But we start on Friday, August 31st, Army at Duke, a 7 p.m. game on ESPNU. That's a one. I I know two exciting institutions, two institutions that, you know, are are well-known in this country, but that is not going to be a fun football game. And Army might even win it. So I'm going to give that game a one. Also on, on Friday, San Diego State at Stanford, 9 p.m. Eastern kick on FS1. This game gets a two. And from the naked eye, you might think, why? You know, it's San Diego State. San Diego State beat Stanford last year in San Diego. This year it's in Palo Alto. Bryce Love's Heisman campaign I don't think can really survive that loss again. So that's going to be a big one, a revenge game for Stanford. I give that one a two. That's a solid matchup on my grading scale. On Saturday, so many big games on that first Saturday of college football. Texas at Maryland at noon. That's a two for me. Also revenge factor with Maryland having beat Texas last year. Oregon State at Ohio State at noon. This is a one. Ohio State, I, I like that you you know attempt to challenge yourselves with these non-conference games against Power 5 opponents. Oregon State went 1-11 last year. Do better, Ohio State. That's a one. Ole Miss against Texas Tech at noon. That's a one. I'm not even interested in that one. App State at Penn State, 3.30 p.m., Big Ten Network. Normally, people would be more excited to watch App State go to a Power 5 opponent early. App State just lost their four-year starter at quarterback. I really don't think they stand a chance. That's a one for me in Happy Valley there when they play Penn State. Washington and Auburn will play at 3.30, like we mentioned in the poll, in Atlanta. That's a three. Of all the Week 1 games, I give that one a three as the most epic matchup in Week 1 because both those teams truly have 
college football playoff aspirations. They have two great coaches in Gus Malzahn and, and um, Chris Peterson. Two quarterbacks, Jake Browning and Jared Stidham, looking to build on solid years. So that's going to be a really fun game in Atlanta. That's an epic matchup for me. I give that one a three. A few more games in week one. Tennessee will play West Virginia in Charlotte. I'm intrigued by this because you think both fan bases are going to show up. How does Tennessee look in this Jeremy Pruitt era? I give this game simply a, a two simply because of the intrigue about Jeremy Pruitt and the return of Will Greer. So that's going to be a good one. North Carolina at Cal. Why did I even write that one down? That's a one. That's a one. Who, who cares about that? Michigan at Notre Dame, 7.30 p.m. on that first Saturday of college football. I think people are forgetting that Michigan and Notre Dame are playing on that first Saturday. It's been kind of underhyped, I would say. I give that one a two. Two massive brands. We'll see how Shea Patterson looks. We'll see if Notre Dame has improved. Two huge brands in that game. That's going to be one you'll want to watch. And then two more games in week one. Louisville taking on Alabama at 8 p.m. on Saturday in Orlando. I give it a two strictly because you want to see how Alabama looks, but they're currently a 28.5-point favorite. That game's not going to be close. And then finally on Sunday, September 2nd, Miami will play LSU in Arlington. Love this game from a brand perspective. Two massive brands, two big fan bases. Miami brings some substance, though. LSU does not. Is Joe Burrows the answer? We'll see. That game's a two because of how LSU has underachieved in recent years. So in week one, my one game that gets a three, a three grade, as an epic non-conference matchup is Washington and Auburn. Can't wait for that. Let's look at week two and week three. Week two, a lot of of good games in the non-conference. Again, you have Duke and Northwestern. Duke is on here a lot. They're playing a lot of Power 5 teams. I give that one a two because Northwestern is supposed to compete for their division. You've got Clayton Thorson out there. He's an NFL prospect. So that's a two with that matchup. Arizona at Houston at noon on ABC. I give this one a two strictly because Kevin Sumlin used to coach at Houston. It's his first year at Arizona. He has an exciting player in Khalil Tate. There's some appeal there for that game. UCLA at Oklahoma, 1 o'clock on Fox. Chip Kelly against Lincoln Riley in Norman. Sign me up for that one. That sounds fun. Colorado at Nebraska, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Renew the rivalry. I love it when we renew some of college football's best rivalries. I'm intrigued by that. I give that one a two as well. Clemson at Texas A&M, 7 p.m. ESPN. That's a three. That's going to be an epic matchup. Even around here, we're excited, but that's the biggest game in week two, and it's going to have the most eyeballs for sure. Can't wait for that one. Arkansas at Colorado State, 7.30 p.m. That's a one. Arkansas could very well lose that game out at Colorado State. It's a tough early test for Chad Morris in his first year. Penn State at Pittsburgh, 8 p.m. on ABC. Again, another rivalry renewed. It's a two for me. That's going to be fun. We'll see if Pittsburgh is really improved. And then Michigan State at Arizona State, 10.45 p.m. on ESPN. These Big Ten schools are trying to challenge themselves, but you can't challenge yourselves by playing the worst teams in the Pac-12. Not really buying it. <laughs> All right, week three. Our final week of, of real non-conference play where we're going to have some really good matchups. Vandy at Notre Dame, 2.30 p.m. on that Saturday, September 15th. That's a one for me. I don't see the excitement with that game. Notre Dame's going to run over Vandy, in my opinion. BYU at Wisconsin, 3.30 p.m. It seems these two play every year, and BYU was 4-9 last year. They're not going to push Wisconsin. That's a one for me. 
Boise State at Oklahoma State, 3.30 p.m. That's an exciting matchup. That's another matchup that we're forgetting about. Boise State, one of the best group of five teams in the country, going to Oklahoma State, who's replacing Mason Rudolph. There's some intrigue there. That's a two for me. Duke at Baylor, 3.30 p.m. on FS1. No, thank you. I'm going to pass on that one. I give that one a one. West Virginia at NC State, 3.30 p.m. in Raleigh. West Virginia is playing Tennessee and NC State in the first three weeks of the season, and neither of those games are at home. That's going to be a test for Will Greer as he returns from injury. That's going to be a fun one in Raleigh. Ryan Finley against Will Greer. Both teams are replacing a lot. I give that one a two grade. That's that's an exciting matchup. That's a solid matchup there. A few more in week three. Houston at Texas Tech, 4 p.m. on Fox. Two middling programs. Maybe you watch for Ed Oliver. I wouldn't blame you for that, but that's still a one for me. Missouri at Purdue, 7.30 p.m. Big Ten Network. I give that one a two. Both programs are seem to be on the, on the up and up. Drew Locke is an exciting quarterback. Purdue has taken some steps. Give that game a two. And then finally, our two final matchups in week three of the college football season that are going to move the needle because um, they're non-conference opponents. Ohio State is playing TCU in Arlington at 8 p.m. on ABC. Sounds like a home game for TCU in that it's right in their backyard, but we know Ohio State will travel. I love this matchup. Gary Patterson against Urban Meyer. Both teams replacing starting quarterbacks. Ohio State kept TCU out of the playoff in 2014. Maybe some revenge there as well. That's going to be a fun one. That game is also being overshadowed somewhat. And then, of course, the marquee game, I would say, in week three. Southern Cal at Texas, 8 p.m. on Fox. You'll love the rematch from last year, which that game, even though both Southern Cal and Texas went on to underachieve in some ways, that game was epic last year. That was one of the best games in college football last year. So I can't wait to watch that one. Um, watch Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle, whoever wins that starting quarterback job for Texas. And let's see if Southern Cal can bounce back and, and play well um, against Texas. And we know Texas, they have a reputation for winning big games at home in September and then losing to Kansas later. But September seems to work out well for the Horns at home against some big names. Those are your non-conference matchups to watch at the beginning of college football's um, upcoming season, weeks one through three. Can't wait for that. That breakdown was brought to you by Local Q, the place to connect for beer, barbecue, and board games in the upstate. 30 Orchard Park Drive in Greenville. Stop by Local Q for the massive draft beer selection, delicious appetizers, hearty barbecue, entrees, and of course the board games and other games such as cornhole, ping pong, pool, shuffleboard, and darts. Local Q also has a new event space. It can be rented out for corporate events, wedding events, birthdays, you name it. Private room, full bar, and tons of TVs. Get $100 off your next event at Local Q in their new event space when you mention my name, Kelly Gramlich. Visit their website, localq.com, or give them a call, 864-288-6873. Vote in our poll today as we're talking non-conference matchups. You can find that poll on Twitter, at Kelly Gramlich. Which of these upcoming non-conference college football games are you most excited to watch? Washington-Auburn, Southern Cal-Texas, Miami-LSU, and Ohio State-TCU. Coming up next on the Kelly Gramlich Show, we're going to talk with Eric McLean, former Clemson Tiger. He has some stories for us. Can't wait for that. All that and more as the Kelly Gramlich Show returns in just a moment. The Kelly Gramlich Show on 105.5 The Roar.
Back on the Kelly Gramlich Show, my interview today, Eric McClain. Let's go, Kelly. <laughs> Finally, up, you know what? I was a little bit heartbroken when I wasn't your number one guest, um, but I guess I'll settle for fifth best. That's, that's fine. It's better than an eight seed. You know uh, I thought of you first, but you're a busy guy. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Guy, I appreciate Matt. it. You're I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, before we get to Mac, this interview today is proudly sponsored by Herb and Carol Tyler of Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. No better way to start your summer morning than with a 4, 6, or 10-count box of Chick-fil-A chicken minis. 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. every morning at Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. Also, for a limited time only, grab a 10-count chicken mini all day at Chick-fil-A of Clemson or Chick-fil-A of Seneca. I know. Big deal, right? We need to go there after this. We really do. I'm down for that. We really do. Also, um, their newest seasonal offer right now, the Peach Milkshake and the White Peach Tea Lemonade. Mm. Those look delicious. Mm. (laughs) Make sure you've downloaded your Chick-fil-A mobile app. Once you download the app and sign up, you'll be able to bypass the line by simply ordering through your phone. Access to new ways to customize your meals, which will be saved for your convenience. Earn points on the app toward free free treats. Find that app at one.chickfilé.com. That's one.chickfilé.com. Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. Eric McLean, how are you? I'm so good. Always good to be back home in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, in this beautiful booth that we have here. So it's it's awesome. Didn't even know this was back here. That's right. I know. We've got all the bells and whistles yeah, back here. Absolutely. You can thank Ben Milstead for that. You can thank Ben Milstead. So you were in the Clemson area doing some work yep. with your current position with JMI Sports. Yep. Tell the Clemson family a little bit of what you're up to these days. Yeah, so working with a company, like you said, JMI Sports, we're actually the multimedia rights holder. Uh, so things like the Tiger Tailgate Show, any in-game broadcast, uh, post-game shows, things like that. And then Dabo Sweeney's uh, TV show and Brad Brownell's TV show is some of the media things that we do. Um, any of the advertisements that you guys will see kind of in the stadium, whether it's digital, print, radio ads, you know, we're, we're kind of in charge of all that. And then we try to do a bunch of, you know, unique partnership stuff that uh, is a little bit of, you know, unconventional marketing that maybe takes a little bit more creative side that really just, you know, gets you guys, the Clemson family involved and try to just bring you really good sponsors with really good uh, different offerings or products, you know, that, that you can trust because that, you know, they're with us and we kind of sorted them out and, uh, you know, went through the weeds for you. Sounds like a great position for you, man. It's fun. It's Down fun. the road, though, yeah. what are your long-term goals overall? You know, it's, it's, it's funny because when I took this job, you know, I always made the joke that, you know, I've been selling Clemson for six years before this. Now I'm finally getting paid to do it, so <laughs> that's nice. Um, but ultimately, I think I'd love to get back into college athletics. I think that, that was something, uh, you know, kind of throughout our career at Clemson that, you know, I really enjoyed. You know, we were a part of a thing called SAC, which was a committee that really just – you know, tried to push student athletes to think outside of the box more than just being an athlete and, and getting involved with the community and making changes with government and structure and, and being a part of some NCAA meetings. Um, so once that kind of opened my eyes to the athletic realm, the athletic administration, it was something that I really enjoyed. Uh, obviously love being around young people and helping them kind of get through life. Uh, so one day would love to, you know, ultimate dream, come back to Clemson and be the AD one day. That would be incredible. It would be. I'd hire you immediately. (laughs) We'd be good. We'll plan that for (laughs) many years down the road. Speaking of young people, Mac, I want to take you back to your younger years. Yeah. We don't really ask you. I know, right? We're both so old. (laughs) We don't really ask you as much about your high school years. I was doing some research, and you were the, I know, the number six tight end in the country. Yeah. 
but also you played defense. I did. You recorded 93 tackles yep. in high school, an interception. Mm-hmm. You also had 70 punts for I'm a 45-yard you know, average. When coach just says, you know, who's the guy that can do it all? You know, I'm the guy that came. I'm just kidding. Just very blessed to be in those positions. And it's actually funny, kind of a, a Clemson story. When I was a tight end and kind of, you know, not playing right away, kind of redshirted, Marion Hobby would hound me every day and say, come play defensive end, come play defensive end, come. And I was just like, eh. You know, I see the guys that you have over there, and me and Vic Beasley don't look the same. You know, so I don't know if that's that's the best idea for me. Um, but yeah, I actually love defense. My dad uh, was a defensive guy. You know, in college was an All American safety uh, up in a small school up in Indiana, and you know he was sorely disappointed when I chose the the offensive route. But yeah, I loved it, man. What was kind of a defensive end three technique, uh, kind of a less explosive, less fast, less athletic J.J. Watt, if you will. Um, but I'll tell you a story about the interception. It was really cool. It was kind of like a a screen. So, you know, you go upfield and kind of read it, and the quarterback just tried to loft it over my head, and I kind of did a OBJ, Odell Beckham, just leaned back and <laughs> snagged it. Um, it was really cool. Uh, of course, there's no video of that, so none of you can prove that well, I didn't it was so many that. years ago. Yeah, well, it was, they didn't even have film back then. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You just compared yourself to J.J. Watt and Odell Beckham Jr. in high school. Right. You if you want to talk about basketball, I was kind of like LeBron James. So, <laughs> Okay, and I want to ask you about basketball. I'm so glad you brought that up, Mac, because I know you and I used to play destroy a little pickup and fight. Destroy people at fight. Back you in the said day. pickup, but destroy was Back a in the day, word. it was fun. We, we had some times. <laughs> yeah. And I think we've had this conversation, but correct me if I'm wrong. Basketball was kind of your first love, oh, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So my uncle and my mother were really good high school basketball players, grandfather, um, you know, all of them. So I grew up playing it, you know, for since I could walk, you know, I had that little uh, plastic basketball goal and, you know, would dunk it as a, as a little infant. And so that was just something that uh, I picked up really quickly. And actually, my dad didn't even let me play football until about middle school just for growth and, and not wanting to get hurt and things like that. Uh, so basketball is my first love, and still to this day, I mean, I, I'd rather watch, uh, you know, LeBron in the NBA Finals than, you know, some regular football game. So really, really big basketball fan, um, and it's just, it, it's a great sport that I, I think really all athletes should play, because there's so many different things that you do in basketball that translate to all sports. Speaking of LeBron, where do you think he's going to end up, Mac? I know you're a big LeBron guy. I, I know am. you are. I am. And so it's, it's funny, people always ask me. You know, oh, you're, you were a bandwagon when he got good. I literally watched him play in high school. Yep. So I lived up in Ohio uh, when he was in high school, and we saw him play in a big tournament. And I just knew right then. I mean, he was a junior, and you know, I, I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, and just knew that he was going to be one of the best ever. So since that day, you know, a big fan, and, and the, just the stuff that he does in the community. Um, I think he's put over forty million dollars or something of that nature to to get people through college or start that. So big LeBron fan. Um, and I don't know. I, I think he's going to leave, though. I just think that Cleveland has not given him enough talent. Um, I know we had Kevin Love. I know Kyrie left and all that stuff. But it just seems that they haven't got the players around him that, that can do anything to help him. And, you know, I think he's on the obviously the back end of his career, which is crazy because he's probably having the best year that he's, he's ever had. He's only 33, too. Right, and the best year statistically of his career right now. Um, but I think he wants to kind of be in the passenger seat. I think he's tired of driving, and uh, it'll be interesting where he goes. You know, I could see something with the 76ers maybe up in Philly, um, but him and Ben Simmons are really similar, so I don't know if that would work. I, ju- I just really don't, but could definitely see him going out west too with yeah. maybe the Rockets or, sad to say, the Spurs. But uh, 
That would be amazing. Here. <laughs> Mac, we could finally be the fan of, a, of the same NBA That team. would be cool. That would be you know, fun. We could stop bannering back and forth on Twitter. <laughs> so, Okay, there is one basketball team we are both fans of. That's true. How fun was it for you as a basketball fan and a Clemson alum to watch this Clemson basketball team this year make that Sweet 16 Unbelievable. Run? So, so much fun. I, th- I think that – you know, Brad has just, you know, had some tough years, and he's such a great coach, and he has X's and O's, I mean, down to a science. He's such a genius on the basketball court, but maybe just, you know, couldn't get that recruit or couldn't get those guys to mesh and come together. And I think his coaching genius actually showed even more this year because uh, he had to totally change. You know, he's such a defensive guy, and he really changed this year and just opened up the offense. You know, he wasn't having to run set plays for any one player. It was just five guys out there that could really play, and I think that was something that, you know, as a Clemson fan, as a Clemson basketball fan, it was so much fun to watch, and just it was pretty basketball. You know, obviously me and you are big three-point shooters and love to see the three ball, um, and those guys, especially Gabe DeVoe, the way that he just lit it up this season was really, really fun to watch. You and I, big connoisseurs of the three ball, yeah, both of us. Even absolutely. though, Mac, you're six four, you should be in the paint. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you this many times you have. in fight. You have. All right, Mac, let's shift and talk a little more football. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by this because you played five years at Clemson. You I did. played with such a span of different players. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw some names at you. Yeah, you describe these guys either a story, your experience with okay. them in a couple sentences. That'd be fun. All right. Let's start. I know this is your guy, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen. One of the reasons I came to Clemson, actually. So we, he and I went to um, rival high schools. So we kind of grew up in the high school ages uh, in a similar place in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And, um, you know, he was just one of those guys that stood out in the community. Obviously, he, he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was, you know, the guy, you know, the talk of the town, always in the newspapers. And when we went against each other for the first time, you know, oh, this this talented young freshman against, you know, the, the veteran, you know, the guy who's established. And um, it was just a war. Like, me and him just went at it each, each and every game because he also played defensive end in high school. And being a tight end and kind of an H-back fullback, you know, I was hitting him almost every play. And it was a great battle. And then transfer that to basketball. He's a great basketball player and probably can attest similar to me. He'd rather be a basketball player than football. Um, but so just had that kind of natural rivalry. When he kind of came to Clemson, we lost touch a little bit just because naturally, you know, I'm a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman in college doesn't have time to, to talk or anything of that nature. And I was actually committed to Tennessee at the time. So we naturally went different ways. But then when I decommitted, he had heard wind of that, was back in town. We got dinner. And just to hear uh, from his point of view, you know, his kind of Clemson story and, you know, believing that the culture was changing, they just needed a couple more pieces, and he wanted to be one of the, the front runners for that. Um, you know, he's just a great representative of our university still to this day and uh, really fun to watch him kind of have his success in the NFL. I know Dwayne was one of the main reasons you came to Clemson. Yeah. That's such a good story with Dwayne Allen. Still doing big <clears throat> things in the NFL. Absolutely. What about this one? Dalton Freeman. Dalton Freeman. So he was one of the guys that, um, you know, just a natural leader. And you just could see that. The way that he kind of spoke to the media all the time, kind of the face of Clemson, even though he's an offensive lineman uh, and, and doesn't get all that recognition, you know, during a game. But after, you know, they want to hear his thoughts on kind of what was happening, what went down. Um, so really tried to model – me as a person and the way I handle the media similar to what he did. And I think that that kind of naturally happened, which was good for me. Um, you know, just, just to be that guy that, 
you know, they can ask a question about any position on the team, and me as a team leader, he as a team leader could, could answer that and know, you know, kind of what those guys were thinking, what the call was. Um, so that was really, really cool to me, and just him as a person, you know, big believer uh, in, in Jesus and just kind of the way that he modeled his life for a young freshman was cool to see that and to really be a big mentor, um, you know, still to this day, see him working out or see him, just give him a big hug and, you know, kind of thank him for what he was on the front run again with Dwayne kind of changing that culture at Clemson. Grady Jarrett. Oh man, a lot of scary memories. With Grady <laughs> Having Jarrett. to block him in practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we came in together um, and I could just tell from day one that, you know, he was going to be one of the hardest workers in the room, no matter who is there. And, uh, you know, kind of an undersized guy, which he's been dealing with that his whole life, but his heart just makes him, you know, six foot six, you know, that, that takes him to another level. There's no intangible or physical intangible that can measure, you know, the, the type of dog that he is and the fight that he has in, in his, uh, you know, the way he plays football and just, I mean, I love going against him because he made me better every single day. Um, I knew that if, you know, I, I slacked off or if I wasn't giving my best for that single play in practice, that I was going to get embarrassed and, and destroyed, honestly, because he was just such an explosive, strong guy um, that he really, really pushed you. And again, great leader. You know, I think that, uh, you know, he and I really pushed each other and our respective uh, positions, offensive line and defensive line, to, to kind of take that next step. Obviously, our defensive line is, is unbelievable and has been nationally recognized, you know, and I think they were kind of the front runners of that for this new kind of Clemson era, Clemson culture. What about Taj Boyd? Another guy that, um, you know, it's funny, not a lot of people know this, but Taj and I were both committed to the University of Tennessee together, to Philip Fulmer. Um, and, and it's funny, the way I actually earned my scholarship was Taj and a guy named Bryce Petty, who went to uh, Baylor, uh, were at camp. You know, I'm, I'm literally not even, I haven't played a down of high school football yet. And, you know, we're doing some drills, some one-on-one, uh, where the quarterback throws it to a tight end or wide receiver against a defensive back or defensive end or a linebacker excuse me and uh Taj and Bryce were just on the money and Taj in particular uh was just hitting me with everything and of course you know I have these big hands so I don't drop anything (laughs) and uh Taj just made me look really really good that day of course being a young kid going against these seniors and and juniors um that stood out and so we both kind of got offered that day Taj committed I think a couple of months down the road I committed on the spot because I was a Tennessee guy my whole life. That was kind of my dream. I'm so uh, sorry. So yeah, right. It worked out very well. It worked out well. <laughs> very, very well. Trust me. Um, but, yeah, so, again, a guy I kind of lost touch with because uh, when F- Philip Fulmer got fired, we both obviously decommitted. Taj was going to Ohio State or Oregon. Don't know how Clemson got him, by the way. Um, you know, so really lost touch with them. And I, I wasn't one of those guys who really followed recruiting when I was younger. Uh, so I never even knew that he came to Clemson. So the the way we reconnected is I came down uh, on a spring break visit on my going into my junior year, and they were doing spring ball, and I saw him. And I was like, what? Like, there's no way. And so he came over, you know, gave my family big hugs, and everybody know how, know how personal. And uh, just Taj's memory is great. Like, if he meets you once, he knows, mm-hmm. knows you for the rest of his life. And so reconnected with him and really an, another big reason of why I came to Clemson. All right, one more. A fellow quarterback. Well, no, a fellow. A fellow quarterback, Qu- yeah. You think you're a quarterback. <laughs> Another quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a few thoughts on Sean Watson. Yeah, um, my favorite Clemson player of all time. Uh, <laughs> seriously, he, he was just so different and, you know, so much fun to watch. I remember it was my junior year. 
uh, spring ball when he came in early. And, you know, all the hype, of course, that was around him. So you're kind of like, okay, let's, let's see. He's still a kid at the end of the day. And he came in and just dominated. And really, you know, kind of my, you know, shocking moment when I knew Deshaun was going to be the best ever uh, was we were doing kind of a rollout play where, where he's rolling out and it's, it's naked. So he's by himself. There's no protection. And Shaq Lawson is just screaming up field. So normally what a younger player does is think he can outrun everybody, which he wouldn't have. Trust me, Shaq Lawson is a freak athlete. And instead of, you know, sprinting away or trying to get away and getting a sack, Deshaun slams on the brakes and Shaq flies by him and Deshaun throws it over his shoulder uh, the opposite way to Artavis Scott, another superstar freshman for a touchdown. And, you know, I was just literally watching this happen and was just like, man, this kid is going to be unbelievable. And then just how he is as a person, um, you know, it's so awesome that he's in the NFL now and not only using that for his athletic abilities, but the platform that he has to, you know, give money back. You know, he gave his first game check to hurricane victims, uh, the houses that he's built with Habitat Humanity and numerous other things that I'm sure he and his foundation or developing foundation have done. Um, he just has a huge heart. You know, he's a guy that never forgets where he comes from, uh, but at the same time doesn't let where he come from dictate who he's going to be. You know, so many people get caught up in their past and feel like they have to keep that reputation. You know, he just has it as his foundation, and that's all it is. And where he goes from now is kind of up to him. And, uh, you know, the future is so, so bright for that young man and really excited that he was a Clemson Tiger. You are a wealth of knowledge yeah. for Clemson because, <laughs> you, I you. mean, you played with so many different players. Yeah, but very lucky. You're also very um, close to the program now. Last question for you, Mac. General thoughts on the outlook for 2018, yeah. not even the quarterback position, right. just in general with the schedule. Mm -hmm. We know that. We know um, a good bit with the depth chart and all that. How is Clemson going to look in 2018? Yeah, honestly, um, kind of the expectations that I have, and maybe it's fair, maybe it's not, is a team that looks very similar to that 2013 Florida State team. You know, people uh, were just annihilated by them. And, and with our schedule being as weak as it is, which it is what it is, um, you know, I think that we should just blow people out by 20-plus points, which is a lot of pressure, especially for young kids and, uh, you know, 18-year-olds that are never played before that might have the opportunity to start on this football team. Um, it's going to be a lot of pressure, and I hope that they can kind of live up to it uh, because the opportunity is there. I mean, we're going to be unbelievable at every position. You know, I think this is the most talented team, and I've been a part of some good ones, um, the most talented team that we've ever had at Clemson. When you look at uh, the ceiling and the floor, just, just who's on the team and the amount of depth that we have. Um, you know, I think kind of going into spring ball, defensive back was a big concern for me. But after watching that spring game and seeing the guys split up and guys who don't play playing, um, we're in a good spot. We really are. Of course, injuries can change anything, um, but we're in a very good spot for 2018, 2019. Mac, you are one of my favorite interviews. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so much. I appreciate you, Kelly. For joining Thank us you. today. Really appreciate it. Back with more of the Kelly Gramlich Show in just a moment. The Kelly Gramlich Show on 105.5 The Roar. Welcome back to the Kelly Gramlich Show, final segment of today's show on this Saturday morning. This final segment of the Kelly Gramlich Show brought to you by Steve's Tire and Service in Easley. Steve's Tire and Service in Easley is locally owned business and longtime partner here at WCCP. For over 40 years, they've taken great care of their customers, providing tires, brakes, front alignments, and more. 
They now offer a full line of automotive and truck accessories, toolboxes, covers, and just about anything you need to keep your vehicle on the road. They're an authorized dealer for BF Goodrich, Michelin, and Yokohama Tires, names you can trust. The same family has owned and operated Steve's Tire for all these years, and that's very important in today's Here Now, Gone Tomorrow environment. Take it from me, you can't go wrong when you take your car, truck, van, or SUV to Steve's Tire and Service. 109 Peachtree Street in Easley, between 123 and 93. Give them a call, 864-859-1361. That's Steve's Tire and Service in Easley. Eric McLean is such a fun interview, and I'm so glad he came on with me today. Loved talking about his high school days where he played a little defense, had an interception. That was pretty funny. Um, talking about basketball as him and I are both big basketball people. His thoughts on LeBron. We'll see if he's right about where he thinks LeBron's going to end up. And then specifically his stories about the different guys he's played with. I really enjoyed that conversation and that part of the interview. The most interesting part, the, the thing I didn't know was that Eric McLean and Taj Boyd were both committed to Tennessee before they went to Clemson. They decommitted when Philip Fulmer was fired, which, you know, makes sense. But the fact that Eric McLean earned his scholarship offer from Tennessee at a camp in which he was catching passes from Taj Boyd, that is crazy. That is crazy. And I think every Clemson fan um, would agree that uh, they're thankful that Philip Fulmer was fired in some way and that those two could decommit and end up at Clemson. Just some great... Great stories from Mac. If you missed it, that interview will be on WCCPFM.com on the Kelly Gramlich page. Also, it'll be on this show's podcast on iTunes. Just search WCCP. All right. We also have our poll question today on Twitter at Kelly Gramlich. Please go give, a, give us a vote. The question for today, which of these upcoming non-conference college football games are you most excited to watch? Washington-Auburn, Southern Cal-Texas, Miami-LSU, or Ohio state TCU. Go vote. Make your voice heard. In that same vein, my top five list today. In my humble opinion, the top five non-conference games to watch in the first three weeks of the college football season. Number five for me. We talked about all these games earlier, but Ohio State, TCU. That is uh, week three, Saturday, September 15th in Arlington. This week three game, it features the best coaching matchup, I would say, of these non-conference games. The two most accomplished coaches, Urban Meyer and Gary Patterson, they've each won over 150 games in their coaching careers. That's crazy. They each, I would say both programs have championship aspirations in 2018. The Big 12 is a little more open this year than in past years. But in order to do that, they both have to replace starting quarterbacks. And that's the big storyline from this game. That's going to be really fun to watch. Ohio State was embarrassed by a Big 12 team on their home field last year. So I would imagine that they're going to try to not let that happen again. And then, like I said, TCU, Ohio State is the reason, one of the, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, TCU does not have a college football playoff appearance back in 2014. So I think this game has a lot of great storylines to watch. Number five for me is Ohio State-TCU. Number four, Miami-LSU, also in Arlington, in, in Dallas. This is week one, though, Sunday, September 2nd. It's the Sunday matchup. If college football matchups were measured strictly by brands, this game would probably be number one or number two. But Miami, they bring both brand and competent football, <laughs> competent play on the field with what they did last year winning the Coastal and playing for the ACC championship, even though they got stomped, and then playing for the Orange Bowl. 
Miami is a quality program at this time. LSU has not won 10 games since 2013. They went 9-4 and four last year. They lost at home to Troy. They've claimed to have found their quarterback with Joe Burrows, the Ohio State transfer. But we'll see if, if Joe Burrows is the answer or if this game ends up being all about the U. But still, a fun one in week one for that Sunday matchup. Miami-LSU is number four. My third best non-conference matchup to watch in 2018 in the first three weeks of the season, Southern Cal at Texas. That's a week three matchup on Saturday, September 15th. This game is, is up there because you have brands. And yes, I know both teams have underachieved. Texas has underachieved significantly. But this game was so fun last year. And like I said, it was one of the best games in college football last year that I think people are going to want to tune in to see the second edition. And Texas returns a quarterback who played in that game. USC doesn't. Texas might be a favorite in this at home in Austin. They might be. This would be a signature win for Tom Herman, which he needs. Sam Ellinger last year in that loss, he threw for 298 yards and two touchdowns, but also two picks. We'll see if he starts for Texas. That's another question. Who's going to be Texas' starting quarterback? But the one thing we know about Texas, this game will be in Austin. They win big games in Austin in September. Then they lose games you know, in November that they shouldn't. But this game is going to be fun. It's going to be a packed house. It's a night game. A rematch of the 2005 National Championship game. It's going to be a fun one. That's number three for me. My top two non-conference college football games in the first three weeks of the season. Number two, Clemson at Texas A&M. Clemson and A&M. The reason this is two and not one is because, number one, and we'll get to that, number one, both teams have true college football playoff aspirations. Of course, in this matchup, Clemson does. No one is picking A&M to make the playoff, not in year one, even with Jimbo Fisher. I love this matchup because you get Sweeney versus Fisher, which we love. This will be the ninth time they've coached against each other. In their first eight games that they've coached against each other, each coach has won four times. It's been a pretty even matchup, even though Dabo Sweeney has won the last three. And this will be the first time they're playing each other in which Jimbo Fisher is not coaching Florida State. But, of course, the big question in this matchup that brings intrigue, who's going to start at quarterback for Clemson, Kelly Bryan or Trevor Lawrence? Who's going to start at quarterback for A&M, Nick Starkle or Kellen Mund? Four quarterbacks could start. We don't know. So there's another storyline to watch there. We might not know the answer until kickoff at Kyle Field. But also you have the true away game atmosphere, which is going to be really fun in this one. A&M is going to be rowdy. They're going to want to win against Clemson. Clemson needs to win this to bump their resume and you know have that good non-conference win on their resume. Clemson A&M is my second best non-conference game to watch. Number one is Washington-Auburn. That's number one, because both of these teams truly have college football playoff aspirations. Washington made the playoff two years ago. Auburn, if not for a late-season loss, had a great argument to be in this year's playoff. They beat Alabama. They beat the eventual national champion. Both teams um, won at least a share of their respective conference divisions last season. Both teams are led by veteran incumbent quarterbacks. No quarterback battles with these two teams. This matchup has everything. It has two great coaches, Malzahn and Peterson. The entire college football world will be watching this game closely on opening weekend. I think that's safe to say. And it's in Atlanta, which sounds like a neutral site, but that's tough for Washington. 
to play Auburn in Atlanta, that stadium is probably going to be 70%, at least 70% Tigers, 70% War Eagle. So that's a game to watch. I would say Washington has the disadvantage when it comes to the location, that's for sure. But this is my number one non-conference game to watch for college football in 2018. So many great non-conference games in the first three weeks of the season. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. It'll be here before you know it. So again, my top five, top five games to watch um, in non-conference play for the upcoming college football season. Number five, Ohio State TCU. Number four, Miami LSU. Number three, Southern Cal at Texas. Number two, Clemson at Texas A&M. And number one, Washington against Auburn in Atlanta. The good news for Clemson, one more thing about this, the rest of these games are either week three or week one. Clemson has the premier game, the game to watch in week two on September 8th when they take on A&M and College Station on ESPN, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Don't forget that. Thank you so much for tuning in today to The Kelly Gramlich Show. Appreciate everyone who listened. Make sure you go vote in the poll. Get your vote in on the non-conference game that you're excited to watch. Check out the podcast, wccpfm.com. On iTunes, search WCCP. Thanks again to Eric McLean for joining me. What a guy. What an interview. If you missed that, please go find it. You will not regret it. Thanks again for tuning in to The Kelly Gramlich Show. Tune in next week right here on WCCP 105.5 The Roar.